It is I, Dr. Thaddeus Rusty Venture, and this is an intro to True Blue Riffcast with Jeremy and Dave. Riffing about riff tracks and bad movies, such as The Godfather, Citizen Kane, and The Devil Wears Prada. Rusty. Yes, I'm sorry to interrupt, but those are all good movies. In fact, great movies. Well, James, did you ever hear of a little expression called Eye of the Beholder? Well, yes, yes, but there's such a thing as truth, and you're not being very truthful. I disagree. What is truth? What is true blue? What is a riff cast? These are questions. They are questions. Look, why don't we just try a second take? All right. Hello, it is I, Dr. Thaddeus Rusty Venture, and this is an intro to True Blue Riffcast. Riffing about bad movies, such as Back to the Future, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and Cannibal Run. No, no, this I can't accept this. I mean, I'm not going to say Cannibal Run is great, but it's certainly good of its, of its genre. And what genre is that? A film Twitter? Wait, look, don't call me that, first of all. Uh, a rollicking, frolicking 70s road comedy, I guess? Fair enough, James. Fair enough. All right, well, I, I think that's enough intros. Perhaps we should do an outro now. What do you say? Indeed! Thank you for coming to True Blue Riffcast. Sit back, relax, enjoy the cast! All right. Thank you, James Urbaniak and Dr. Rusty Venture. This is indeed the True Blue Riffcast, and I am Jeremy, joined as always by. Hey, everybody, I'm Dave, Riftrex fan number one. Uh, How are you tonight, Jeremy? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I am fantastic. How, how has your life been this week? Uh, things have been well. I officially started my new position this past week, and uh, then I got my. Uh, my- Funko Pop shipment that I've been waiting for since I ordered it in July. Oh, what 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 Funko? What 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 pop culture big headedness did you uh, receive? It was the six Funko Pops that they released for Hamilton. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, uh, oh! I thought uh, it was going to be something cool. Well, I did uh, just get my Marvel Zombies, uh, Deadpool, and uh, Zombie yeah, Red Skull. <laughs> that was not that was not the sound of a truck going by me. I didn't almost just get Stephen King. It didn't happen. Oh, yeah, you got to watch out while you're uh, yeah. walking well, and uh, I, talking. Yeah, while, I, while while I'm walking at night, it's actually almost it's almost completely dark. I'm out and about. I thought we were going to have a lot more time than we did to get <laughs> off this road that I was on, but uh, uh, I'm going to let Jeremy tell you what he did. And we had to adjust fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, I was looking for to see if uh, James Wen posted anything new, and I typed oh, in no. movie head picks, and instead of movie head pick, and apparently I found his old Twitter account. Yeah, movie head. Yeah, I saw that uh, he was trying to get funding for a different movie that I had never heard of that he was trying to do. This one was called The Sea is Rising, uh, about three friends who went to Vietnam for a partying vacation, and they found romance and more. Yeah, uh, and, we, and we, we, we both started to proper freak the F out. Yeah, like, and then what? 
and then I clicked on it and I saw that the funding was unsuccessful on April third, twenty thirteen. Yeah, that was quite uh, a while ago. <laughs> he got a whole three backers and a hundred and thirty dollars pledged out of his fifty thousand dollar goal. Oh god! Wait, wait, how much? Fifty grand. Okay, fifty grand. Okay, but how much? I, I just want to know. A hundred and thirty. A hundred and thirty. Yep. Wow, my, my failed Kickstarter for the Rift Tracks documentary got three thousand. So yeah, <laughs> like out of out, out of both of our failures, James Wen, guess what? Mine is the more successful. <laughs> you had just, a successful I, failure. Yes, and his was, was just an extra fail. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a that, that's a low bar for for success for me in my life right now. Something that happened. Uh, seven, well, seven and nine years ago, but hey, I'll take it. I'll take whatever victories I can at this point in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So today, uh, we've got a couple a couple classics to talk about. We're going to be taking a look at To Catch a Yeti. Uh, nice. That uh, that one kind of came about because of fellow Twitch streamer and, and friend of myself and Dave, uh, Edgy Berserker, uh, because it kind of came up in her chat on her stream the other day. And it I did? just decided, yeah. Wow. Uh, you were in there, and then we talked about it, and I didn't see you around. I don't know if you were still there or not. Um, I'm a mod on that stream. I must <laughs> not be doing my job very well. Yeah, come on, Dave. Uh, we're going to oh, be wow. talking about uh, kind of something related to Savage, which we mentioned while we were talking about Savage, which is cool as ice. Yes, uh, we're talking and... about uh, Rony girl herself, Kristen mm. Minter. Yes, and uh, the short review riff rack, riff rack, short review riff track shorts today is going to be for Danger Keep Out, which is a great short. It's one of my favorites. But nice. first, we are going to take a look at the weekend box office. Nice. Okay, before you say anything, uh -huh. here's what I think is going to be. I think Shang-Chi is still going to be running away with it. Uh -huh. Am I right? Okay. Yep. That, 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 that was my only prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because it's uh, literally the only movie even like remotely worth seeing right now. Uh, yeah, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is still in first place. Free Guy is still in second place, uh, which is the other one that I really want to see, but... Uh, I haven't been able to yet. Cry Macho uh, came in at third place. What the, is that? I have no idea. The new Candyman sequel. Oh, Cry Macho is that new one with uh, really old Clint Eastwood in it. Uh, Candyman yeah, okay. is number four, cool. and Malignant uh, came in at fifth. I, yeah. I, no, I, I watched... I watched a. Um, I know this is a Rift Tracks podcast, but I watched the um, uh, Red Letter Media, the Half in the Bag review of Malignant. I was like, this can't. They're, they're saying like that. It's like the room, like I'm <laughs> like, like it's as bad as the room. And I was oh, like, oh man, with with the with the hyperbole, and just like watching it, like yeah, it really does look like the, it really does look that bad. Like James Wan has lost his mind. Wow, I might have to check that out now because that's uh... yeah. I think like the visuals, it's like it, it, it's like someone's like a Siamese twin is or conjoined twin, whatever in this PC era that's 
total bullcrap we live in now. Don't cancel me, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please don't. I need a co-host. Yeah. <laughs> Her, um, well, I've almost been canceled in the past. It's crazy. <laughs> but, um... Like like her uh, her her conjoined twin brother is living like beneath her skull, and like the back of her skull gets cracked open, and he takes over her brain. It's really weird. Spoilers for those who have not seen *Malignant* yet, but uh, yeah, and I've heard that it's 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 just kind of blah for the first most of the movie, and then like the last fifteen minutes, it goes completely off the wall and for those 15 minutes becomes like one of the best horror movies ever made just because it's so insane I don't know I, I might watch it on HBO Max and see what the see what the hubbub is all about now especially since you're saying that uh, it kind of looks like the room where you know quality wise so that that always is going to grab my interest yeah that's uh, that that's what they'd be saying that is the word on the street <laughs> The word on the street. Anyway. This is not the secret word. Anyway, let's hey, move on yeah. to our short reviews of Rift Track Shorts. Yes! And like I said, for today's short review of Rift Track Shorts, we're going to be taking a look at Danger Keep Out. Uh, it's, a, it's a very wonderful Canadian safety film about the dangers of playing in open construction sites. Uh, this movie has. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just, I'm just thinking about all the Canadian shorts that I've seen, like not even Rift Tracks related, that are just horrific. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this uh, short has some of the best. I like to call it almost action, uh, because these, like, there's exposed nails and and all this stuff that they could really, you know, like rebar sticking out and stuff that they could really hurt themselves on. And it shows them running through and running right by it like their foot falls like a mere two inches away from nails sticking out of wood. And it's like, come on. You're supposed to be showing us people getting hurt. <laughs> and you're just like teasing us with all this stuff. And then finally, um, a kid More falls through. violence. Yeah, kid falls through uh, an open basement. What? And uh, like breaks their leg. Like they, It's like a porch into a house but it's got a basement under it and it's i don't it's weird but they fall and like break their leg and the other friend has to go get help and like this is all because they cut through this open construction site on the way uh way home from school but oh man it's so good <laughs> it's so good like it starts out even starts out with this really weird like claymation thing of the foreman like putting up a sign that says "Danger, keep out," and for whatever reason, it's like just here's here's uh, forty five seconds of claymation, kids. <laughs> then we're gonna show you somebody fall into a basement. Uh, it's great. Childhood it's, trauma. Hooray. Childhood trauma. Yay! Now this is it's quite honestly one of my all time favorite shorts. Like it's it's a very essential. Short, like I put it up there with uh, drugs are like that and live and learn, and the at your fingertips stuff. Like it's all right at that level, at least for me. Nice, but that's it. <laughs> that's, that's our short review of the track shorts. 
You're yeah, a well, guy, and that's all you got. <laughs> hey, that's the thing. It's supposed to be short. It's a short review short of Riff sweet. Track Shorts. Short and sweet. And now we it's get to move shorts. on. Yeah, shorts. It's uh, time to talk about. Let's do let's do uh, cool as ice first. I think. Do cool as ice first. Okay. Yeah, I think we need to talk about this one first because. Uh, I think I have more to say about the Catch a Yeti than I yeah. do this Well, one. I mean, here's the thing about Cool as Ice. I mean, like, it's fun. It's a fun time the first couple times, okay? <laughs> like, oh, oh, Vanilla Ice, cool. Like, I remember this. I remember hearing about this movie maybe when I was a kid, you know, and like, but um, once the nostalgia wears off, it becomes a slog. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's... It's quite yeah. bad. Now, I, I, I started the movie. I watched both these movies today. And Cool as Ice, like, I'm always struck whenever I see Cool as Ice, whenever I, whenever I re- rewatch it. And this is in the movie's favor. Don't make fun of me, guys. But Cool as Ice is very, like, the cinematography is beautiful. Like, everything is just, like... It, it it's 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 very very well shot. I think that it's um I I think it's a very beautiful movie, in 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 many respects. <laughs> but I think that's maybe he jumps his motorcycle over a fence and scares the crap out of a horse, causing it to throw yeah. its rider to the ground. <laughs> ha ha! Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, but the thing is, with this, I be- I believe, and I believe this is even mentioned in the riff, is that um. Uh, the cinematographer shot Schindler's List. Yeah, I think you're right. So, oh, are, I, are I, you getting I, confirmation I on that? <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm looking now because I need to make sure <laughs> that this is accurate or not. Uh, but there's there's a really good riff toward the. It's actually during the the uh, credits of the film uh, where they talk about how they're making sure you know exactly how 90s the movie is. And there's a couple really good riffs as as I'm trying to type and talk at the same time (laughs) about two separate things. Uh, You said cinematographer, right? Yeah, cinematographer. Cinematographer, all cast and crew. (laughs) Cinematography. Live, on-air, fact-checking. Yes, yes. Yeah, Schindler's List, War Horse, Minority Report, Saving Private Ryan, uh, The New West Side Story, Bridge of Spies. Yeah, he's been a cinematographer for quite a few uh, well-known movies. And then he did Cool as Ice. <laughs> also. <laughs> but yeah, well, this he is... He did a good uh, job. He did a good job on it, but I mean, like, I, everyone else is just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And I know I'm going to butcher this, uh, but <laughs> these are these are things that, uh, according to the guys, are not as 90s as cool as ice. Oh, no. Jonathan Taylor Thomas wearing a Superman dies armband and a bootleg Black Bart Simpson t-shirt, drinking a Surge, eating crunch taters while microwaving a kid cuisine. It was less 90s than this. Did you Dan Cortez. Yes. Dan Cortez watching Getting Even with Dad with a Furby while a pile of AOL floppies wearing Reebok pumps and hypercolor shirts perform at Lilith Fair was less 90s than this. And then Mike's, this is the best, and this is the one I'm going I'm to screw up the most. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tim O'Lane 
the lame sacking Hardwar while Abed al-Aziz II succeeds Abu al-Abbas Ahmad II as head of the Hasfid dynasty in present-day Tunisia while the Ottomans celebrate the birth of Henry the Navigator was last night. He's in this. <laughs> That's the 1390s, of course. Yes, the 1390s. Uh, but this, there's a lot of things definitely played for gags in this movie. Um, like, when they show up at the house... Oh, and geez, like they have house. like the giant salt and pepper shakers and yeah, the, like the giant salt and pepper shakers is like the whole is, house is, is, is a visual a gag out to me. Yes. Yeah, and like they have like they have like globes on their on their posts outside. Yeah, and the house like okay like what I want to know is does this house actually exist or did they build it for the movie? Because they built it for the movie. That's that that was a really dumb move, you know. <laughs> Yeah, they probably uh Let's see. That was at Huh. May and Roscoe's repair shop. And yeah, yeah I they I'm looking at the street view of the address of the house right now and uh yeah, there's none of that stuff there. <laughs> okay. So, like they they, they either they either that I mean the house clearly already existed. But, yeah, they just kind um, of uh, dressed it up a yeah, little, maybe, yeah, or maybe he, some he, people he, bought it and was like, "Let's get rid of all this crap." Yeah, <laughs> and make it like a normal house. Now, okay, so you mentioned the repair shop. Like, should we really get into the story of this? Because the story is, <sighs> it's it, it's it's. I mean, like it it was it was mainly a vehicle for 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 Vanilla Ice. Yeah, it was it basically at least three sort of full-length music videos in it. Yes, Once which was which was the whole point for it because this was 1991. So like you know, yeah. Vanilla Ice was you know fresh off of Ice Ice Baby. He was going on to his second yeah. album, and this whole movie was basically just to promote that album. I mean, Michael Gross is in it, who people would mostly know these days as. Uh, Bert from Tremors, from uh, the like nineteen Tremors movies that they made. <laughs> I know it's not quite that much, guys, but there's there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's way too many of them, uh, and of course, I only people know our age know him as uh, as Stephen Keaton from Family Ties. Oh, like he, he was a dad from Family Ties. That's how I knew him, and then I saw him in Tremors, and I'm like, hey. That's the dad from Family Ties. Family that's, Ties. That's weird. We never watched Family Ties in my house. I don't think. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been uh, like, what, uh, 35 years. Well, yeah, it so, ended yeah. in 89, so. Oh, so it's, yeah, it's been quite a while. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the uh, the love interest, I guess, in this movie, uh, if that's what you want to call her, uh, what was her name in this again? She was Kathy. Kathy, uh, yes. Yeah, she was, of course, the uh, the naked, very naked woman in uh, Savage that we mentioned. The femme fatale, I guess uh, you should say, from which Savage. Which came out, came out a mere five years after Cool as Ice, which is also kind of weird. Uh, but, yeah, this... I mean, this movie, this is, this is, you know, we got a lot of the ladies in this one, and... Yeah. This, of course, has Vanilla Ice's uh, famous line, drop that zero, get with the hero. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
that's you're not a he- now, now. you're not a hero, uh, Robert. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, uh, so v- Vanilla Ice plays a character named Johnny. He's a rapper, a very successful <laughs> rapper. I mean, I don't know why they just didn't call a character Vanilla Ice. I mean, like it's it's stupid. It's um, cool as ice. The me the movie is called Cool as Ice. Just call him yeah, Ice. I mean, yeah. So it so they uh, after a show, and a white girl named Monique gives him his phone number, <laughs> which is one of the most unbelievable parts of this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, her name her name was Monique. Her. Yeah. Okay. Um. But uh, so they go on like a long motorcycle ride. Not really sure. One of his doofus friends, his motorcycle breaks down, and they have to haul it into this weird house. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Before that, uh, Vanilla Ice harasses Kristen Minter on a bike. Yeah, uh, she's a riding bike. a no, horse. She's on a horse, and, and he, he somehow is able to. You know, apparently, I had a jump somehow. Yeah, apparently, he does the best wheelie ever that like <laughs> propels him off the ground over the fence, <laughs> and like cuts her off on the horse, and like the horse gets upset. She falls off the horse, and he's like, "Whoa, are you okay?" And he and she's like, "No, you're gross. Go away." She punches him right in the gut. Yeah, and so he's like, "Well, what I do that for? You need to, you need to be cooler than that, like me as ice <laughs> or something." Yeah, and, I'm uh, cool so, as ice, anyway, baby. So, but anyway, so uh, he uh, he FOs, and the rest of them, they, and they go into town, and um, uh, one of his doofus friends, his motorcycle breaks down in front of the stupid house, and so they have to, the two psychos that live in the house are, I guess, mechanics. Yeah. And uh, so they're like, hey, can you fix it? And so I guess they move into the house. Uh, while, while uh, the, a comedy legend, apparently, who <laughs> I think he was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, he's there, and he's like the crazy psycho mechanic who takes the bike completely apart to sort of like keep uh, Johnny and all his friends at that house so that Vanilla Ice can go harass Kathy, who just had a news story did about her, <laughs> done about her, whatever. Um in the uh, local uh, on 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 the local news about how she has a great grade point average and about how she might get into <laughs> college. <laughs> That's how you know it's a small town. Like it'd be like local girls gonna go to college. Wow, get that! Like what? Everybody, like everyone's going to college now. Okay, it's why we have a student loan crisis. It's not a good thing. <laughs> All right. But so anyway, so Vanilla Ice goes over, harasses her and her boyfriend, she, she, and she's like a good girl. And um, like she, she goes to school and she's very respectful and blah blah blah. And uh, she has a kid brother who really likes Vanilla Ice, he thinks he's the coolest. And her boyfriend won't hang out with with the uh, with with the little kid. Yeah. Um, and it causes all kind of tension. Anyway, so Vanilla Ice, uh takes her and drives her out to a construction site where they have another music video and they fall in love. Uh, As you do. At a construction site. which yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's quite strange. Um, That's where he jumps in front of the camera like it's like a like, some like oxy. Hot surprise. 
like it's an oxy. Uh, what was that stuff called? The stuff for pimples, the the little oxy pads. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oxyclear. Like, like that. He jumps in front of that. Like he's in one of those commercials. That's that's like one of those scenes. The way he like jumps right at the camera with that like gigantic smile on his face. It. I don't know if it's if it haunts me or what, but it's definitely it's one of those things that sticks in in my memories. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's it's. Yeah, no, but like, and then like in the next one, she's doing the same thing where she's like, you know, in this, uh, you know, flower print dress, this flower print yellow dress, like twirling around and she has those like bike shorts on, whatever. It's like, (laughs) okay, well, cool. Um, Guess you gotta have that if you're going to go, if you're going to go riding around on a bike with vanilla ice and a dress. Yeah. So, (laughs) and then, you know, but, um, so they fall in love with it, but okay. So apparently it's revealed. Later on, that uh, the father of oh the father doesn't like vanilla ice like stay away from him don't trust strangers so it's revealed that the father is in the witness protection program and people from his past are trying to come and get him the people who are trying to find the father kidnap the son and it's a whole big thing and uh, eventually it all works out uh, I. I <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. The like the, the the plot is 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 so. I mean, like it sounds like it's it's you know it's it's very detailed and it's going to be very, very gritty crime drama. It's really not. I mean, it's, you get this whole like they're trying to keep him in the house, you know, by taking yeah. apart his car, and it's like close to turning into you know Manos or something at that point. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it all works out, and uh, Kathy stays with Vanilla Ice. And then they go and they do this another full-length music video, which is actually shot very, very well. Um, and uh, Vanilla Ice is up there rapping about how many girlfriends he has and how he's going to, like, forgive me, bang all these girls <laughs> however many he wants. And you see the girlfriend out there just, like, dancing, like, yeah, this is great. And you're like, huh? <laughs> like, like, how, like, how many girls are you going to have, Vanilla Ice? I think I'm questioning as our As many as he now. wants. Ah, but um, yeah. So so that's um, that's basically cool as ice. <laughs> yeah, that's cool as ice in it, a nutshell. It, visually, it looks like a movie. There's a, there's a soundtrack like a movie. Mm-hmm. But it's not good. Anything else? Nothing else about it is good. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you get all the you know the great vanilla ice aesthetics. Yeah, but I think like it's. Um, Did you just say great vanilla ice aesthetics? <laughs> yeah, the great. Well, I, I should say the great cool as ice aesthetics, or even the great vanilla ice aesthetics. You know, whatever. Uh, he he's a he's a swell hip guy. <laughs> you know, like he's very down. You know, with the kids, and I think right after this, I think this was ninety one. So yeah, yeah it was that same year that uh, Turtles Two came out, The Secret of the Ooze. So he, he, his part in that movie was better than his part in Cool as Ice. You think so? <laughs> yes. At least, at least for me personally, because it because he's actually Vanilla Ice in that movie. Yeah, I, I guess. And you know, the go ninja, go ninja, go. Like that. That was at least was an original song. Right. It wasn't just promoting, you know, something else that he had already done. To the extreme, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> to the extreme, I rock the Mac like a vandal. Light up the stage like a punk, like a camp. Dang it. And those are probably the wrong words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> but they work. I mean, you know, a lot of people are going to be, who's Vanilla Ice? And then you'd be like, somebody who's who... Vanilla Ice? You know, there's some Come people who might not know who he is. That's like saying, what's September 11th? You know, uh, it's like... I mean, Vanilla Ice is just Welcome some 53-year-old. Yeah, can't do that anymore. He's just some 53-year-old weird guy who has cameos in movies now and a home improvement show. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I'd hang out with him. I'd have him on the True Blue Riff cast. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, because but it's But his cameos Ice. cost at least $400. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I'm, Come on, I'm like, good. Like, if we want to talk to him for an hour, how much do you think that's going to cost? Ooh. You know? It's... Quite a bit, because I'm sure he's not the type of person to do stuff like this for free. <laughs> no, not at all. He'll be like, no, I need to get paid. Look, like, I'm okay. Vanilla Ice, yo. I'm Pay Vanilla me. Ice, but I don't make as much as I used to, so $1,000, please, for an, hour, mm. for an hour of my time. Only 1000 That might be doable. <laughs> I'm not going to pay Vanilla Ice $1,000 to come onto our podcast. I'm not making that much money. Monkey isn't pay... that much of a bestseller, Jeremy. I'm not going to pay anybody anything to come onto my podcast. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, because I can't. that potential guests? Yeah. You're going to come on and you're just going to have fun. That's how... We pay you in laughter. And, we and pay you in laughter. Exposure. And, we pay you in exposure. And <laughs> you pay, we, pay you for, we pay you for putting up with Dave. Yes. And very dope. He'll found out. <laughs> yeah, guys, seriously, go listen to our our interview with her. <laughs> it's very trippy. It's, it, was it was like such a great. We should, we should title interview. that episode: "Mary, Joe, and Jeremy Gang Up on Dave." It's a great. It's a great time. <laughs> oh man, she was so nice. That yeah, was, she was. She was great. That's how she had to deal with your crap, and then yeah, no, oh, oh, uh, come on. Boom. Well, I think that's as good a time as any to move on from Cool as Ice and talk, <laughs> talk about uh, oh, one of the creepiest oh, creatures oh, hey, to you, appear on No, no, wait, 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 wait. What? Oh, Jeremy, no, what? Would, would you watch Cool as Ice Unrift? No. No, okay. I mean, I I probably did when it first came out. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I'm sure I did because, you know, 91... I was in my teens, early teens, so I'm sure I did. I was right in that 91, demographic. Ninety one I was ten. Yeah. So I would have been like twelve ish. I don't remember when it when in the year it came out, so twelve, thirteen, somewhere around there. But yeah, it's uh I'm sure I I'm sure I did go see it. Dave, did you see did you uh would you watch Cool of Ice? Cool of Ice? I cannot talk. <laughs> would you watch Cool as Ice Unrift? I don't think so. Um, I have brief memory because I know I've seen that construction site scene before. Like, I, I, I was like, "This is familiar." I know I've seen this before, so I think, like, I don't have any specific memory of seeing it, but I know that I have because, like, I've definitely seen that construction site scene before in my life. So um, I would have to say I've seen at least part of it before yeah. um that mario 3 thing seemed familiar 
But would I watch it unriffed now? I'm going to say no, because I had plenty of time to track it down before Rift Tracks did it in 2013. Uh, so yeah, no. <laughs> okay, good. So now, now we can properly move on to that's uh, right to this this movie that has one of the creepiest looking hairy critters in a movie and a cute little yeti. I'm talking about to catch a yeti, of course, and that's right. To catch uh, a the yeti. star meatloaf. That's an odd choice. <laughs> That's an odd choice. I'm going to say it's an odd choice for Meatloaf. Yes. Because this was by, I think this, was a, I th- I think this movie came out in 1995. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a direct-to-video release. It, it has to be. There's no, way this is a, there's no way this was a theatrical release, unless Wikipedia proves me wrong. Yes, this was a, well, it's listed as a TV movie, so that's generally, like, direct-to-video. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the equivalent of direct-to-video today. Yeah, and he um, played uh, he played Big Jake Grizzly. Big Jake Grizzly. Now this was like at the height of like, you know, I don't think Meatloaf's popularity has really even declined that much. No, like in '95, like, no. But in '95, for him to do this, I don't get it. Like this definitely okay. Look, this isn't cool as ice. This was not a vehicle for Meatloaf. <laughs> no, Meatloaf it doesn't need a vehicle at this point in his career. So I'm not sure what exactly is 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 happening. If if we ever get Meatloaf on the show, we can ask him. <laughs> well, he did. Uh, he did this right after uh, he did his. Oh, he had the song Objects in the Rearview Mirror may appear closer than they are. Uh, His video for that came out a year before To Catch a Yeti did, so I don't know if you remember that song. I do. I do. It was his, I think it was his big song after I Would Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. Uh, uh, Well, okay, okay, look, that song, no, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. That's a great song. Object in the rearview mirror. Uh, it's kind of tortured. It's it's kind of a, like a tortured line. Like yeah. uh, you know, it, it it's it's real. Like, you know, it's like okay, it's it's purple prosy AF, uh, <laughs> and it's not really. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, especially when you uh, sing it. Yeah. So you know. Like um, I can, I can kind of hear it in my head. I haven't heard this song, and I can't tell you how long. But I can still, I can kind of hear the melody a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm it, not going to sing any of it. Don't worry, guys. It, it, it goes like, "Objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are," <laughs> and then that's like, then then it, 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 it sings it again, and then the like the last little meter changes like, "Objects in the rearview mirror <laughs> may appear closer than they are." It's like that. It's 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 tortured. It's like it it it's it's working too hard for a song. Now, if it's yeah. like they, if you want to use it in like a poem, if like if you're a, a bad poet, and there are a lot of them, you can maybe find a way to do it. But it's like I don't know. It's it's pretty bad. But anyway, to catch you. <laughs> Uh, so Meatloaf uh, is right at the beginning of the film. He's tracking down this Yeti with uh, 
with his sidekick Blubber. Blubber. I, oh, I don't think any more needs to be said about that. <laughs> no, this is a this is a mid '90s kids movie. Like, yeah. just imagine, imagine how you want to, and you'll probably be right. Um, yeah, no, like I, I imagine, it's like, dude, okay, that that thing, like, like, like naming a character Blubber was like my first indication. <laughs> was this written by a child? Was this written by somebody who was thirteen? Well, it might have been because our main, like, actual villain is a kid who dresses yeah. like a gangster from the twenties. Yeah, like, like, and and in certain, from certain angles, it looks like he's dressing up like Hitler. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's but he's it's, got like the 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 black uh, dress shirt with the white stripes and the tie and the little armbands on the biceps and stuff. Slick back to hair. You know, it's 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 every trope of the '80s movie villain, but in kid form. Yeah, it's 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 amazing, and that's to say nothing of the other characters. Yeah. But we start off. With uh, with meatloaf and blubber, I'm just gonna call him meatloaf because it's easier. Yeah, and that's how we do it here on the True Blue Riffcast. So meat meatloaf is uh, searching for a yeti in the Himalayas. Okay, first of all, clearly they are not in the Himalayas. Like, no, not they're in, in Canada. They're in they, Canada. Yeah, they went. <laughs> it's like, and not even like to Alberta, like <laughs> like the rocky parts <laughs> of Canada. They're in like they're in like Quebec. And like, like it's like, like the the humor in it when when the humor in this movie when it's not being like super juvenile like it was written by a twelve year old, kind of is like very, <laughs> it's very French Canadian. Uh, take from that what you will, but um, so they're hunting a yeti, and they say that like, now we know a yeti to be, um. Like the like 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 the the abominable snowman version of Bigfoot. Yeah. And people are like, well, the reason people haven't seen Bigfoot is because they're looking for the wrong creature. And immediately <laughs> you're like, what? But no, we, what are you we, talking we see, about? We see pictures of Bigfoot. He's way big. <laughs> and like, Yeti is just the sense. albino version. I mean, yeah, yeah. We've all seen Monsters Inc. We know what they look like. Yeah, but um. <laughs> So anyway, and so they'll be like, "Oh, look, there it is, right there." And it's like this, this, this puppet that is um, <laughs> disgusting. Jeremy, talk about the puppet. It's Jeremy, a disgusting puppet. The puppet. This puppet is gross. Um, like it, it looks all gross and matted, which I guess it probably would, you know, if it was a real thing. It wouldn't be clean and and nice looking. Uh, but it lives up to the to the uh, the name or the idea of them having large feet because uh, it can kind of use his feet as skis. Uh, Which doesn't make any sense. No, but they're very large, like at least half of half of the size of the Yeti's body. When it's sitting down, uh, his feet take up a lot of space. Like it covers at least half of his body. Uh, what what'd she name him? Hank? Yeah, I think Hank. she names him Hank, yeah. Um, but the the Yeti <laughs> skates or skis away from uh, from Meatloaf and Blubber, and ends up hiding away in the backpack of uh, of Dad. Of okay, uh, I, I I just came up with a with 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 a great name for this guy. 
He is French-Canadian Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, he looks kind of similar to a knockoff uh, Jerry Seinfeld. This was, of but course, he's not the... as funny as Jerry Seinfeld at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, that says a lot. Uh, but this was the only the only movie he ever acted <laughs> in was uh, was this, which also says a lot. <laughs> but yeah, he was very obviously Canadian. Um, he was supposed to be an American, but this this is another one of those movies where almost everybody in the movie has a weird accent. Yeah, like we've got you know the the mom has an English accent. We've got uh, a, a the, the store clerk who has uh, a Varwolf accent. Yeah, <laughs> like it's they're all over the place, and they're not the only people. There's just other people that have random accents in this and it's uh, it's so weird but uh the yeti packs himself away in the backpack and he's like i don't know why i can't fix this uh fit the rest of this stuff in the backpack i carried it all up here well maybe there's a monster in your backpack (laughs) (laughs) he, he packed his entire bag okay Okay, now this guy runs a this guy runs a <laughs> a a camping supply store. Yeah. Okay, and he's up there. He's okay. He's out, he, he 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 he's out there with his buddy, and they're climbing this made up mountain in Nepal. Yeah. Okay. First of all, no one's climbing anything in those shots that that <laughs> that we saw in that movie. There's no mountain climbing happening there. No. Okay. Especially not like the front face of Mount Ublu or whatever it was that he said. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, so he, he, he flies home with the Yeti in his backpack, got through customs in, in New York. <laughs> with uh, a monster in his bag, like with a monster in his bag. How does that though, make sense? Even to kids. It, it does, like, come on. No, yeah. So like, even so anyway, so he brings it home. And he's like, oh, boy, I'm going to go take a shower. And he's up in the shower, and the Yeti comes out of his backpack. To eat a piece of pie that... Yeah, uh... like eat, eat a piece of pie that his daughter <laughs> left on the floor for him. Floor like, pie. What, kind of, what is going on? Mmm, floor pie. Mmm, floor pie. So um, they find, like, oh, no, there's the Yeti in our house. and they And they try to feed it. <laughs> and one of the weirdest things it's like one of the weirdest tr- riff tracks things uh, kind of out there is that they called this hot dog a frankfurter and like I can't get over be like here have a frankfurter and I'm like what it was, it's a hot dog yeah like and it, <laughs> it's a very and normal that, thing for New Yorkers to call a hot dog is a frankfurter yeah they call it a frank frankfurter <laughs> Um, so, and, uh, oh, one of the things is, like, what, like, like, to put, like, an element of danger for the Yeti, apparently the Yeti overheats. Yeah. Which is, And he has to be cooled off. So they, like, stick him in the, stick him in the sink full of cold water and feed him ice cream, and then he sleeps in the refrigerator. Yeah, does, yeah. Doesn't make any sense. So, anyway, Meatloaf is, is in the city. Looking oh, don't for forget! Yeti. Don't forget that the girl uh, knows that the yeti is a boy. 
oh, that's right. She went and looked and be like, well, how do you know? It's like, well, how do you know it's a boy, darling? Like, that's my impression of the mom. How do you know it's a boy, darling? Then she's like, I looked at his penis. Right? It's like, oh, wow. Like, you went and be like, okay, cool. And, you know, and while, while all this is going on, dad's just reading the sports pages there. It's like, oh. Montreal Rough Riders beat the beat, <laughs> beat the Alberta Rough Riders. You know, ah, CFL. So yeah, it's it's um. But yeah, Meatloaf is tracking him down uh, because he's surprisingly decent at what he does. Uh, he's able to figure out who they are uh, because they were in the paper. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> So he's able to, to track it down, like like where he works. Now he works at a camping, camping goods store. Uh, that's on one side of this camping. Okay, so like there's an overhang that says like it's like some kind of water company, but then there's a window that says like bookstore. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, how are either one of things these a, a camping supply store, and why is this camping supply store guy, going out there and climbing mountains in Nepal? <laughs> With his with his best friend who's a police officer. With his yeah, <laughs> and they they see that they're like, oh, this one's a this one's a cop. Well, let's forget about him and let's go after the other guy. Yeah, and guess what? Turns out that's where turns the out, is. Turns out turns out to be right. So they go to the, the the camping goods store, and they talk to the receptionist who just gives them their address. Be like she and like later, like when she's confronted about this, she'd be like, "Well, why wouldn't I?" <laughs> and then, and 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 then it immediately cuts away before, before like. I think my favorite part about that is uh, when he first walks into the into the camping store. He kind of leans over the counter to talk to the to the lady working there, and they're just like. Oh hi, Meatloaf! I didn't see you. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> oh hi, doggy. Um, but so there's a scene in Star Trek Insurrection where um, at this point in the uh, uh, and this definitely connects to what we're talking about. I'm, I'm doing a comparison. I didn't just jump to talking about Star Trek in the middle of our discussion <laughs> about the Cats of Yeti. Yeah, I'm like, why are we but, talking uh, about Insurrection? Yeah, but uh, at at um at insurrection, uh, at this point in the franchise, Worf is a regular on Deep Space Nine. So for him for for him to be in the t the the next gen movies, they have to create this convoluted like reason why Worf's on the Enterprise and not on Deep Space Nine fighting in the Dominion War. Yeah. So, uh, like uh, Worf's like Worf just appears in the hallway of the Enterprise. And it's like, sir. And it's like, Mr. Wolf, what are you doing here? And Wolf starts to explain. But then they cut away to Riker on his combats talking to somebody. And he just completely, like, talks over how Wolf got there. So yeah. it's like, we, it's like, and it's, so, like, that kind of, like, reminds me of how that works in, uh, in, in, in To Catch Yeti. It's like, why did you give these guys your address? <laughs> and then it cuts away. It's yeah, like 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 it pro- proposes a question, but then the audience doesn't get to hear the answer. It's no. like, well, then why did you even bring it up? <laughs> uh, so anyway, they, Meatloaf goes to yeah. He he gets the Yeti and he takes it to this horrible, spoiled Veruca Salt wannabe kid, and 
the kid is just he's he's a he's a little turd. Like he's beyond he's beyond parody. Uh, like, like he like, gets honestly, he gets the yeti was, into his room. First he's mad because it's not a big scary looking thing and it's this little I can't call him cute, but not scary smaller creature very odd puppet uh thing and he's very mad that it's not big and and meatloaf's like this is a yeti this is what they are and they're like fine i'll get you and he's like you need to get me my 1.5 million dollars what the the guy's just like oh yeah sure i'll i'll get it for you i just have to call the bank and they'll send a courier around uh, in no time, and he's like, "You've got a half an hour." And then Meatloaf and Blubber just kind of leave the house and walk around town for a half hour. Yeah, yeah, but without without getting over one point five million dollars. Now it should be pointed out that this child is electrocuting maids. Yes. So this child's a monster. And he has he has like a uh, he's doing putting like hash marks on the wall right next to the uh, the electrical main. <laughs> Like, Every like, time like he how does many, it, how many, how 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 many how many French maids he murders? <laughs> yes, yeah. So it's, <sighs> it's yeah, it's, it's not, not great. It's quite yeah. It's not really he's not really a great guy. So um, anyway, so um, the little girl. Okay, for, okay. First, they go to the police. Back at the family, they go to the police, and they go to the guy's best friend who climbed Mount Utabu or whatever it was with him. <laughs> And um, he's like, uh, "Hey, uh, my best friend, uh, we need to find this yeti." And uh, the best friend cop says, "It's like, oh well, uh, that's too bad. Like, we can't do that. If I tell the other cops this, they're all just gonna start killing themselves." Yeah. What? What kind of things that to say? <laughs> yeah. There's just so much. So much about this movie. Uh, they 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 go to the mansion. Uh, they because the girl sees the license plate on the limo that Meatloaf and Blubber were riding in, and they track it down and it, they figure out who it is. And the dad just kind of walks up and he's like, hey, "I'm from Customs. Let oh, me in." Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They said he does. Now this is a terrible, awful kind of shtick that he does. Yeah, that gets him in the house, and they're just the like, two... "Well, where's your badge?" He's like, "I don't need it. Just let me in. I'm here to talk about the Yeti." It's and then through like clumsy, <laughs> awkward editing, uh, the mom and the little girl find the uh, find the Yeti. Yeah, and take it and back. They abs- and uh, and and they abscond with him, which leads to a merry chase through the city. <laughs> Between where there's some so, random Taekwondo guy, yeah, and the kids just like help me. They're coming after me, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll take care of them." And uh, put it this way, that guy's no uh, Grandmaster YK Kim. No, he he, he sure isn't. He's just like it kind of reminds me a little bit of when they found the Taekwondo lady in uh, Roller Gator. Be like, <laughs> I like like I kind of half expected him to say, it. "Be be like, I ta- I taught the the." What do they call that girl? Uh, the Dark Ninja? Yeah. Who's Beach chasing Ninja Roller Gator. Or... I need to rewatch Roller Gator. God, I love that movie so much. Anyway, to catch <laughs> Yeti. Um, what happens next is, so they're based, so uh, back at the mansion, the little kid is throwing a, a piss fit. 
and um, they're like, uh, you have to, uh, Big Jack Grizzly comes back, and they're like, please go find this Yeti and take our child. And I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like the parents sort of like implicitly, you know, like nudge Meatloaf, like, hey, take our child and like either kill or lose him for us because he's terrible. Yeah. And and Big Jake Grizzlies or Meatloaf, I should say, is like, yeah, I can do that. Rah, it's rah, like it's like the evil queen sending Snow White off into the woods with the huntsman. Yeah, it's it's it, it's like that. So, but um, which kind of like leads you to kind of like a logical quandary of if they want to. Okay, so they want to get the Yeti to appease the kid, but if to get rid of their kid is kind of like what they're going for. Why do they need Big Jake Grizzly to find the Yeti? Why is Meatloaf finding the Yeti if his <laughs> real objective is to get rid of the kid? Because at this point, the Yeti doesn't matter anymore because the Yeti, oh, the only reason they want the Yeti is to give to their kid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's It doesn't make any sense. Like, literally, it makes no sense, which... You know, it, it's a direct-to-video kids movie from the mid-90s. Again, th- stuff like that rarely made sense. Yeah. I so mean, anyways, you know, look at Baby Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know. Which, <laughs> let's not get started on Baby Ghost, please. Uh, we're, oh, God. There's a whole genre. I just realized there's a whole genre of these kinds of movies: Baby Ghost and and the Yeti and I don't know if you would call Roller Gator a kids movie, but I mean, I think it was intended to be for the Maybe most part. Maybe it was for like teens. Yeah. yeah, something like that. But uh, uh, but anyway, so uh, they hide up at their short, cabin yeah. in the in the Adirondacks. Yeah. And um, they, uh, they, they, there's a bus involved, and uh, they they go and hide. And uh, but anyway, they they actually end up back back at the airport. Uh, Meatloaf, uh, he gets rid of the kid because the kid's being a colossal, um, you know, pain in the musets. Yeah. <laughs> and he he dumps him in a snowbank on the side of the road. Where he's just going to be kicking his legs for eternity. Um, <laughs> so uh, the uh, the 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 daughter, the Yeti, and mom and dad end up back in Nepal, and they're like, um, "Okay, bye, Yeti." And the Yeti fo's, and the daughter is like, "Oh, I'm so sad." Be like, he didn't wave goodbye, <laughs> and the dad's and the dad's like, "Cause you know, the dad's an idiot." That's yes. like oh, the, the, the he's an animal. They don't think they don't like have feelings or think about things the way that you and me do. And then Mike has a great line. They're like slightly more socialized Tommy Wiseaus, which is <laughs> one of the greatest riffs ever. Um, but uh, so anyway, so he goes and he he skis off, and then the mom and dad turn to go away, and then I guess there's a female yeti. And little girl sees it and is like, Mom, Dad, look! And Mom and Dad turn around. Be like, what? And then like, it's like, oh, I guess it was nothing. Like like she thought they wouldn't believe that there was another Yeti there. 
Yeah, like they took they took the fact that there was a Yeti to begin with just perfectly in stride. Like it didn't you like it, there was so, a girl so Yeti, you liar. Yeah, there's no such thing as girl Yetis. Come on. You liar. Anyway, so uh then they they go like, "Oh, uh Meatloaf gets detained at the airport, which is super funny and Blubber gets stuck in the um, the X-ray, the you know the thing. Okay, so way back before nine eleven, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you remember this. You could actually go to a gate. You could actually go to the airport to hang out. Like that yeah. was a thing you could do. You could like go up to a gate, even if you didn't have a ticket. All you had to do was go through security. And um, so they're going through security, and Blubber, for some reason, goes through the X-ray machine. And uh, Meatloaf gets detained at the airport, uh, and and that's how that's how Meatloaf exits the movie is yelling at <laughs> yelling at the yet to be formed TSA. <laughs> yes. Uh. Uh, but uh, anyway, so back into Paul, all that other stuff we talked about, and uh, it it fades to it fades to credits while this really bad cover of uh, of that Carpenter song, uh, Top of the World, plays. You know, there's a couple really bad covers in this movie, and I think we should we should mention them. Uh, we've got uh, I don't even remember the actual name of the song, but the nowhere to run to, baby, nowhere to hide. Like, there's a bad a bad cover, almost as bad as me singing it just now in the movie <laughs> that they play a number of times. Like basically, anytime the kid and the yeti start running away from Meatloaf, they play that song. Or at least the music from it. They don't always have the the people singing. Uh, and then what was the other one that they did? There was another one uh, uh, right after that. I'm not sure, but they but they did do a really weird overhead reference while they were at um, Grand Central Station. Oh, you mean the while last, they were about, green screened in front of Grand yeah, Central Station? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, of uh, of the last train to Clarksville. It's like, first of all, what train is going from New York to Clarksville? <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Uh, but um, it, it's there's a lot of very strange and oddly no meatloaf references. I mean, you have meatloaf there. Yeah. And this is the kind of movie where you can make dumbass references to like like fourth wall breaks with 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 meatloaf. Right there. I mean, never once did he say, like, oh, I would do anything for money. But I won't do that. That would have been a great line. Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, uh, what's his name? And Meatloaf Bob no Keen. Chance. He would have been down for that. Oh, yeah. He totally would have done that. That's all on you, Bob Keen. Director of To Catch a Yeti. To Catch a Yeti. So, uh, is there anything else we need to cover? For to talk to, to for to catch Yeti, not not really. I mean, okay, this this is interesting. Okay, and I I just kind of want to bring this up, but uh, Bob Keen, the director of To Catch Yeti, uh, he directed it looks like eight total movies, uh, but he also did special effects for a lot of movies, and he's got some pretty interesting credits in here. Uh, you may remember a certain movie called. Uh, Krull? 
He worked okay. in the uh, the makeup department Wait, crawl? for Crawl. Yes. Oh, Crawl. I thought you said Troll. Like no, Crawl. Oh, okay. Okay. Like the the Rift Tracks Live movie uh, R- from Rift a couple Tracks years Live ago. Crawl. Yes, has, Crawl. That has uh, you know I I found out something about Crawl the other day that kind of like blew my mind. Uh, I don't know if you're a big Star Trek fan, but uh, you know um, the guy who played Michael Eddington, the uh, Maquis trader in Deep Space Nine. Uh huh. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. He is the lead in Crawl. What? It's true. Michael Eddington is 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 the hero in Kroll. What? That's a Yeah, that's... he is. I'm looking at it right now. That Wow. That's Nutzo Magutso, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Huh. Very interesting. Like 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 my head exploded when 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 when, when I found that out. Yeah, but he uh he did the makeup uh Effects in Crawl, uh, Candyman, Hellraiser. Wow. Um, he did the special effects for Hellraiser 3, The NeverEnding Story. Uh, he did some effects for Return of the Jedi, uh, Nightbreed, all kinds of stuff. So he had a pretty decent career. Yeah, I mean, he's at least in special effects and, and the makeup department. Not Maybe not directing, but... Maybe not so much, yeah, or in, you know puppets and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, visual effects, all that good stuff. Did a little bit, did a little bit more in that. So good for him. Good for him. Just keep stick to that and stop directing. Don't direct anything <laughs> yes. else. Wow. I don't care. I'll say it. He's not gonna be listening. He might. No, I don't think so. You never know who's gonna listen to this. I mean, hey, uh, if you're listening, go ahead. You can contact us. And we'll have you on the show. We'll we'll do an interview with you, and I'll be nice. I promise. Yes, he'll 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 be way nicer to you than I would be with James <laughs> Webb. Uh, no, you said if we could ever convince him to come on the show, you'd be nice to him. That's a lie. No, I would be nice. Uh, oh, you know what? I forgot to bring this up. I was going to bring this up at the top of the show, and uh, instead, this is going to be towards the end of the show. <laughs> uh, and it's. It's kind of sideways related to to the podcast. Oh. Uh, the Mandalorian, which is a show that we enjoy talking about at great length. Yes. Uh, one of the actresses, uh, the one who played the main bad guy in uh, the episode The Jedi, where uh, Ahsoka Tano shows up, uh, she's the one who has the, uh, the spear that fights against Ahsoka Tano. Uh, she is uh, the adopted mother of Michael Lasky. And okay. Mike uh, was in uh, Power Rangers and uh, one of the Three Ninjas movies. And he was he was the kid Red Ranger from okay. Mighty Morphin when they got turned into children and they brought in the alien rangers. Uh, he was the kid Red Ranger in that. Uh, he had an MMA fight last night in Utah. Against Blake Foster, who was the kid blue Turbo Ranger who morphed into the full size adult uh, in that season, and Wait, that, uh, that kid's a MMA fighter. Now. Well, this was his first actual MMA fight. Uh, okay. Blake Foster, Michael Lasky had had a few, uh, and he was nine nine and three was his record going into last night, 
And uh, Blake, that happened Blake here? is a little bit, yeah, it was in Salt Lake City. Uh, it was actually, uh, it was Steel Fist Fight Night 79. Rumble of the Rangers, they they called it. That was the main event. Uh, Blake, <laughs> okay. Blake Foster is a little bit bigger uh, than Michael Askey, <laughs> like height-wise, uh, reach-wise. <laughs> He's got a much longer reach than Mike did, and uh, I like Mike. Uh, he, he seems like a fun guy from at least from his social media presence, and uh, I was rooting for him. And uh, yeah, he lost by knockout in the first round, but I'm 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 waiting to see how this all comes around to being related to the podcast. Uh, because because his adopted mom was in the Mandalorian. Oh, and we talk about the Mandalorian okay. Oh, okay. Oh, and okay. and it happened in Utah. You know, oh, and you're okay. in Utah, so. Oh, I th- I th- I thought you were going to say that one of them listens to the podcast. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I, I highly doubt it, but that would be amazing. <laughs> they both seem like yeah. they have much better things to do, like you know, keeping in shape, and yeah. uh, and training for fights. Like that's pretty much all they do. But yeah, I don't, I don't uh, know. I just I wanted to bring that up earlier in the show, and I kind of forgot. So there you wow, go. That's uh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, a little uh, bit. Uh, so do we have next homework week? For next week? Yes. Yes, we have have at least one piece of homework, depending on uh, what gets released next Friday, of course. Um, oh, you know what? <laughs> Real quick, since we yeah. since we didn't really talk about it, uh, I watched the uh, Bridget and Mary she, Mary Joe uh, riff, Married Too Young. I I haven't seen it yet. It's it's very much like one of those old fifties cautionary tales, you know. Yeah. Uh I want to just real quick spoil the ending for everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it's it's kind of wild. Like uh the 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 husband uh decides that he's going to steal a car. <laughs> and the wife gets in with him and she's like if you want me out of this car, you're going to have to throw me out. He's like Oh no. If anything happens, then it's not my fault. <laughs> and so they they drive off in the car. They go past the police. The police start chasing them down and start shooting at the car. They won't stop. The, he won't stop for the cops. He drives off a cliff. Okay, the car kind of flips a few times that they're in. And then it cuts to uh, a judge with, uh, what? The, with the girl's parents and the boy's parents in the no. courtroom. And they're both alive. The only thing that happened is the guy like has a minor sprain in his arm. <laughs> it it was like what their car that would have been way more interesting if they would if they would have both died. I'm gonna have to. I'm, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna have to put this on top of my priorities <laughs> like, now. The car the car rolls over a couple times on the way going down the cliff. There's no way they would they would be barely injured like this. There's no way, but they are. <laughs> it's. That's insane. I'm gonna it, have to watch it's it now. Absolutely bonkers. Like I I really thought they were both just dead and that's why they were there. Like the judge was like I don't know, but he's like the, the fault of these kids doing this rests on you, parents. <laughs> oh, so he was talking to like the parents like watching the short. Okay, I guess. Well it. no, he All was right. talking to the, the actors playing both uh, both characters' parents. Yeah, but he was. Uh, really they're just like, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose Timmy again. We almost lost him once, and it's just like he's not dead. Like what? You did lose him again. He just drove off a cliff. 
yeah, it's oh. it's it's crazy. Like it's it's pretty standard fifties fare up until that yeah. point. <laughs> wow, that goes all <laughs> for madness. Goes, yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, it's, so anyway, did, what did you want to talk about next week? Uh yes, next week, I think we should talk about uh, Gamera the Invincible. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I'm that would be a that. good one. Uh, to um, talk about, and then uh, if you know there's a new release, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, coming up in a couple weeks, two Sundays from now, we're going to be doing our uh, our special chit chat about Haunted Ween. Oh, cool! Yeah, uh, hey, yeah. And we are going to be joined at least by uh, one person uh in particular he is the host of awfully good movies oh, uh, nice. for joeblow.com and uh his name is jesse shade and he's going to be joining us uh as we discuss haunted ween nice. at least him uh i'm not sure about our other guest yet uh i still have yet to get a confirmation but we're gonna have at least one special guest, and we'll be we'll be devoting some time uh, talking about Haunted Ween in depth, like in in depth, uh, because it's the thirtieth anniversary this year of that movie's release, and I really believe that this movie uh, needs to be uh, it needs to be shared with the world a little bit more than it was initially. Uh, it needs to be preserved. This movie definitely needs to be preserved. And I think an important thing uh, to to reach that goal is for us to to talk about it and talk about some of the the stuff going into it, uh, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and, and things of that nature. But I think it'll be a good time because yeah, that movie I'm is ridiculous, it, yeah. and uh, I love it. And, yeah. So that's going to be on October 3rd. Next week we'll be talking about Gamera the Invincible and something else. Yeah, uh, as I think always, I have an idea what might be coming out because I subscribe to the Rift Tracks Patreon, but I don't want to spoil it. But yeah. uh, there's an interesting title I saw on there, and I was like, "Oh, really?" Uh, so. As always, if you follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at TB Riftcast, uh, we will be telling you what the final lineup is uh, either on Friday or Saturday, right before the podcast. So if you if you want to be uh, informed ahead of time of what we're going to be talking about, make sure you go follow that. You can find me over on Twitter at PB and Awesome, and of course everywhere else. And yeah, that's that's me. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm uh, D Chadwick author on Twitter, and you can check me out DaveChadwick.info. You can also get Monkey, a novel, uh, in in on the Kindle or in paperback at Amazon.com. Yeah, and. Didn't you say that you just had like somebody order it in bulk? That that yeah, wasn't yeah, your order? Just, yeah, someone just made. Well, I mean, like there have been a few bulk orders of it, and I don't know where this is coming from, but I would really like to know who's making all these bulk orders and like thank <laughs> them and like maybe like find out exactly what's driving it so that I can do it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, it's crazy. Uh, that's it. That's all we got for this week on uh, the True Blue Riftcast. We will see you guys next Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
or 8 p.m. and that weird mountain time that uh, the weird mountain time that I'm in the, the weird mountain time half that of the true half of the true blue <laughs> riffcast. It's 8 p.m. when the podcast starts here, everybody. Yeah, but that's that gonna do weird it, guys. Mountain time. We'll see you. We'll see you next week. Next week. Next week, right here <laughs> on the True Blue Riffcast. All right, rock till you die. Oh